we have a truly, truly incredible uh, podcast, uh, audio, live stream, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we are so fortunate to have with us here Sandra Lam or Sandra Lam. I always, uh, when I first spoke with Sandra, Such I always I asked her, it's whatever. <laughs> She'll respond to whatever. <laughs> but uh, we, are, we are very blessed to have her on. And I want to give you guys a little bit of a background and then get Sandra to share with us a little bit more about what she does. But uh, Sandra Lam is the principal and founder of FIFO Focus, a registered psychologist spelt P-S-Y-C-H-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. There's an inside joke there for everyone. Uh, an organizational development professional, and she has over two decades of industry experience in the public and private sectors in Australia and overseas. And uh, I'm so fortunate to have had the opportunity to have a couple of conversations with Sandra, and, and uh, she's just a, a wonderful, wonderful energy, uh, and she has so much to share. But uh, Sandra, welcome to the show. And uh, great to have you here. Thanks, Cam. Thanks for having me. Um, before I actually go on, I thought I'd better warn you that my chief happiness officer is roaming around here. So that's my dog. Um, so, okay. <laughs> so hopefully she doesn't bark. <laughs> so no, if you, hear, right. you see me doing this, it's not because I'm scratching my leg. It's actually I'm trying to calm down. <laughs> sure, sure. Good save. Good save. <laughs> Love it. No problem at all. But, uh, yeah, great to have you here, and uh, I would love to, and I'm sure everyone else would love to know a little bit more about kind of how you got into the uh, the FIFO community, because, you know, for those of you who uh, aren't aware of, of Sandra, she is the uh, the leading psychologist, in, and she runs the team of leading psychologists in the FIFO space, in the FIFO community. So, uh, you know, she's running events all over the place and uh, working one-on-one -on -one with individuals, but would love a little bit more of a background from you on how you actually, you know, how you came to be uh, in the, the place that you are, how you came to be running FIFO Focus. Tell yeah. us a little bit about the journey that got yeah. you here. First of all, thank you. I don't think I'm deleting anything, but, <laughs> but thank you well, for that. Um, I actually welcome. did a lot of work in mining. So as an organizational psych, we, we normally specialize in culture and organizational change in HR. So I started off in that field in the manufacturing and mining industry. Um, and then I took off, took a stint away working aid work and did that for about eight years overseas. And what we do there is basically build the capacity of justice institutions in these developing countries. So my, that was my first experience of sort of FIFO, but even though it's expatriate FIFO, um, I was essentially doing six months on and three weeks off, which is shit, Billy. <laughs> Which is illegal by today's standards, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was good because I, I was doing something that was worthwhile. But if I wasn't doing something that was contributing and everyone respected what I did, it would have been a lot more difficult. Um, and then I just came back and did mining. We went back to mining in the HR role. And um, from there, what I think I've described to, the, to you before I was working in the corporate office and every time myself and my male colleagues went up to site, I saw a different version of them. And I sort mm. of felt there was a different version of me as well. I sort of toughened up a little bit, had to pretend I'm really cool. I'm walking, walking in the mess and I'm like, I'm fine. You know, I'm not stressed at all. I just had to put on this facade. And I thought, how is this going to work for everybody who does this on a regular basis? It definitely mm. impacts on your mental well-being. And that's when I thought, I'm a psychologist. I should be doing something that helps in this field, not just in HR. Yes. And that's basically how I fell back into it. 
Hundred percent. And how how long ago was this? Like how early on was, was this before the trend that has you know the mental health trend that has kind of been coming the uh, I guess out into the industry? Yeah, it's it was about five years ago. Um, so I started okay. five focus five years ago. Um, but mm. I was doing mining before that, and also the aid work mm. before that as well. Yeah. So yeah. It, wow. Uh, even at that point, we were really looking at the impacts of um, the FIFO mental health and the parliamentary inquiry was released at that point as well. So it was all starting to bubble up. And really now yeah. is when all the reports come out, which I'm really pleased about as well. Great. Yeah, it's getting a lot more awareness and becoming more mainstream. So there's a lot more conversations being had about it. So that's great. So yeah. uh, for those for those people who, because I really want to get a, a full background of this. So anyone who's watching this for the first time who has no idea uh, can really mm -hmm. kind of get a grasp of, of what we're talking about here. But yeah. uh, how would you describe mental health to those who may be hearing it, hearing of the concept or, or hearing about it for the first time? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> It's such a big one. I, I can use the World Health Organization really sort of formal description, but essentially it's being able to cope with the day-to-day -day struggles of life, being able to feel competent in yourself and having um, your ability to reach your full potential and being able to contribute to the communities or the families or the friends that you operate in. That's really what it is. But when people mm -hmm. think about mental health, they think about anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, phobias, all those sorts of things. And I, I really think it's to do with media. Media portrays mental health for a long time as bad, but you wouldn't mm -hmm. portray the same thing when I say physical health. So when I ask you, Cam, what's physical health? You predominantly think, oh, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I'm flexible, all of those positive things. But when mm -hmm. I say mental health, you go, oh, it's anxiety, it's depression, it's really sad and, and bad. Mm -hmm. But mental health mm -hmm. is actually a spectrum in the same way that physical health is a spectrum. So we don't talk about cancer when we talk about physical health. So I don't know why we have to talk about schizophrenia, anxiety, depression when we talk about mental health. Right? That's, does that, that's, does it make that's sense? A, that's, I've never heard it explained like that, but that makes it, it doesn't make sense, but how you're describing it makes total sense, right? Like... When we think about physical health, it's all the positive side of the spectrum. But when we think of mental health, it's all of the negative side of the spectrum. Why do you think that's the case? Lack of understanding. Because with physical health, you break a leg or you have a paper cut. <laughs> people see it. Um, no, and, <laughs> so people see it and they go, oh, are you okay? Whereas mental health, we can't see it. In fact, the person doesn't even know it's happening to them themselves. So that without the without the education, people can just create stigma. That's essentially how stigma occurs. Um, there's a, a there's a misunderstanding, like I was saying with with um with the media. We, when we think of mental health issues, you hear the media go, "Oh, this person, um, I don't know, stabbed this person, and he had a mental health disorder." So you mm -hmm. always associate it with something bad, but Got it's it. actually a myth. Schizophrenics don't aren't often very violent, so. It, we just create this myths that go around and people therefore don't have the right understanding of what it really is. Right, 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 right. So the, yeah, the media kind of perpetrates these, uh, and uh, like the, the only time we really hear about mental health is when it is associated with some kind of negative, yep, um, that's and right. bad and, and stigma and all this kind of stuff, like totally. stay away from type deal. But there's no, like, you know, you don't have people on TV talking about how 
great their mental health is or how, you know, they're in the right head. Is that kind of what you, what you mean by that? Yeah. I think having said that though, that's changed a lot. I think Mm. there's with the increasing understanding of what mental health is, um, there's a lot of media outlets now that are really positive and contributing positively to the whole mental health education and mental health understanding. So I think Mm -hmm. it's changed, but we still go with what we know from many, many years ago where it was pretty negatively focused. 100%, 100%. Okay, and, and what would you say some of the, st- the statistics of mental health within the FIFO community and how does it compare to other industries? Yeah, yeah. okay. So you always hear about the one in five people ex- experiencing mental health issues in the workplace or not the workplace, just in general. Um, the thing I need to stress out is it's one, point, one out of five, which is 20%. And most people think, well, that's not too bad, is it? The thing is that's one in five each year. So next year, it could be the other one out of the five. And the year after that, it could be the other one out of the five. So essentially, um, it extrapolates about 45% of the population will experience at least one mental health issue in their lifetime. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a huge statistic. And I'm saying this not because I want to freak everybody out, but it's just to let you realize that this is kind of normal now. It's normal to have a, an issue with your mental well-being. So it's okay to actually ask for help and try to nip it in the bud before it gets too much, too, too much worse, yeah. really. So you're, so you're actually weird if you don't have a mental health condition <laughs> at, at some point yeah. in your life. Well, half of you are weird. <laughs> Yeah, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yeah, so it's, it's a large, it's a large issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and so you're saying one in five people uh, who work FIFO or ah. in the general population. Yes, sorry. Have... So that's a general population. So FIFO is one in three. Wow. Yeah. So that's wow. the that's been confirmed in the latest FIFO research as well. That was conducted by I think Curtin University and UWA. Um, it's one in three. So thirty three percent of people who do FIFO will experience psychological distress. So it's a thirty. So it's a thirteen percent increase. Uh, you're thirteen percent more likely uh, if yeah. you work FIFO to have a mental health condition. Wow, so that is a mm. huge increase. It absolutely is. So it's it's significant. It's not just that oh, well, it's just a little bit. It's it's a significant number. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay. And so, and what are the what are the current costs associated to this? And and and, and I I don't really want to go. Uh, I mean, both on an individual and a and a company yeah. level as well, because I think it's important for everyone to get the full uh, the full picture of this. What are the costs, both directly and indirectly, to the individual and to the companies with regards okay. to mental health? So I can give you statistics, which is not my strong point, but anyway, I'm going to give it to you. So statistically, we're saying that it's about eleven billion dollars in Australian workplaces per year. Uh, cost mm. of mental health concerns. Um, when we're talking about more non-numbered focus metrics it's poor absenteeism turnover presenteeism presenteeism is basically turn up to work and not being mentally there you Mm -hmm. know we've all been there where we just turn up to work and we're sort of half focused half not um and then the reason presenteeism is bad is because you're more likely to hurt yourself so the safety statistics statistics go up as well so You've got absenteeism, presenteeism, um, you've got lack of productivity, um, and you've also got increased workers' compensation claims. So that, those, that $11 billion is made up of those. From yeah. a personal perspective, 
there's, it, it leads to things like divorce and domestic violence and substance abuse. So I can't even put a value on that because that mm -hmm. ricochets out through your whole family and all your friendship and your networks as well. So how do you put a dollar sign on that? It's you just really... significant. Yeah. 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 So that's why we need to yeah. really need to be aware of this stuff. Hundred percent. And so you're because you said eleven billion across all across all industries in Australia, and this is annually, is that correct? Yes. Do you do you know the number how that number compares or what portion of that uh is relevant to the mining and resource community or the FIFO community, for example? Not really, because it's really difficult to measure. Uh, it's about the reporting. Um, I, mm. I don't think the mining industry reports this as much as other industries. Um, probably because of, oh, I'm going to be generalised, but the blokey, blokey culture. People don't report mm. that they've got a mental health issue. So these stats come from the reporting. So I'm not really right. sure what it could be. I've I've also heard uh, uh, I've also heard from uh, clients and just people generally in the industry who you know furthering your point of people not really wanting to come forward not just in a sense of um, you know being all blokey and kind of having that that masculine side of things and having the stigma associated with but mm. also I've heard that they it's used against them in some cases like if you do come forward and say that and you kind of put a target on your back. Uh, that says, hey, I'm, you know, I'm kind of mentally weak here or, or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, and people are afraid to come forward uh, and to talk about, you know, to talk about these things because of, have, have you heard of, uh, have you heard of this before? I have heard of that. Um, I, I don't think that's the case for all organisations. So we just have to be really careful there because when we say something like that, it creates what we call self-stigma. So if you have an issue, you're less likely to go and seek help because you're afraid that that's what is going to happen. I think in the organisations where that does occur, there's a total lack of understanding about mental health and how to deal with it. So what we do when we don't know something is we push it away. Um, yeah. I don't want to deal with this person. They may I, I can't handle it, so we'll just get rid of them. That's, that's the problem. So that's why mm -hmm. when we talk about interventions, the education piece is really, really huge. So yeah. it's... in. Absolutely. So for the individual, the supervisor, the organisation as a whole, developing strategies to prevent this sort of stuff from happening, it's really, really important. It's, it's not, there's no silver bullet with this sort of stuff. That's, you've just got to tackle it from a systems perspective, which is what we try to do. So you're looking at the culture of the organisations, how leaders are being developed to manage it, how individuals are learning about it so they can manage themselves. And also we forget about the FIFO families. So when we have these organisations teaching their people about mental health, we're not teaching the FIFO families the same thing. So mm. it's a big gap that we're trying to breach, um, um, bridge at the moment as well. So letting family members know about mental health and recognising the signs and how, what you can do to prevent this from happening. Because when we talk to FIFO workers, we know that about 90% of their stress comes from the interaction between home and work, not just work. So no one's yeah. dealing with that bit at all. Mm. And that's a huge point because on our conversation uh, late last week, you were talking about, you know, when someone goes on FIFO to work, it's, they're not just the FIFO worker. Their whole family is committing to, to FIFO. And so it's not that's just true. the singular thing. It's the entire family. And everyone needs to be educated and made aware of the, you know, what it actually entails, the realities mm. of the lifestyle. That's mm, huge. Absolutely. Okay.
And uh, our mental, uh, the mental health challenges associated with FIFO are products of nature, nurture, or a combination of both? That is such a good question. I'd say <laughs> yeah. it's a combination of both. Um, okay, when, when does nature come into play? A lot of people think mental health is hereditary. A lot of it isn't hereditary. So as an example, people think that maybe depression and anxiety is hereditary. It's not genetic, but it could be behaviourally copied. So if you're growing up in an environment where your mum or dad are depressed or are anxious, you're going to learn how to behave in that way, even though you may not have it. And the mm -hmm. thing with psychology is if you behave a certain way, you start to believe it and then you become it. So mm. that's, that's likely to be the case. So the nurture bit is that piece. So it's not necessarily nurture. So I, if I was going to balance the scales, I'd say it's more to do with nature. Oh, sorry, um, with nurture. Um, no, did no. I just get that mixed up? Not, um, not biological. So not, not nature, but more nurture. Yeah. yeah. So nurture and, is and, so, and, and maybe, maybe we should clear that up really quick. So for those of you who, yeah. who aren't, uh, clued into nature and nurture so nature is basically you are like it's biology genetics it's how you kind of are and please correct me here if i'm wrong yeah, uh, and then right. nurture is basically being how you're like your environment so yeah. is it uh, is it just because this is the way that i am or is it because the environment has changed uh, or has affected the way that i am yeah. is that correct that's correct it, it is i'd say it's more nurture gosh i need my coffee um <laughs> it's more to do with nurture um, but yeah. you can have some um, nature components, but it's not a lot. Like I was saying, nature is really saying that it's biologically, chemically imbalanced in me. And when I do FIFO, it brings it out. Um, I'd yeah. say that it's more to do with the environment. And, that, and uh, that's a whole other issue as well. Mental health and illness, people think it's to do with the individual. It's actually a very much a socially created scenario. So when you think about depression, it's about you and your interaction with the social environment. And when you think about anxiety, it's me and your interaction with the stresses of the external environment. So if mm. we don't focus on the external environment, trying to expect the individual to deal with it on their own, it just doesn't make sense. Right, so that's right. the piece I'd be, yeah. Yeah, of course. So what you're saying is it's a little bit of, you know, there are certain conditions uh, that uh, certainly will exacerbate the challenges of uh, mental health issues, for example, when it comes yeah. to uh, when it comes to nature. So there are certain uh, characteristics of an individual that uh, can and do make it difficult for them when they work in uh, or you know, are just more susceptible to, to these mental health challenges. Is that what you're saying? But but you're saying but by a, a larger part, it's the actual environment of FIFO that actually creates these challenges and exacerbates already existing conditions. Is that yep. correct? Yep, I'd say that's Perfect. the case. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And uh, this was a this was the the question that uh, you were kind of asking me about here, which is what does a a future FIFO workforce and environment look like, and how do you see the community navigating there? Like, how can we create a psychologically healthy work environment um, and what's the path to getting there? Okay. So this is like, if I had to visualize what the perfect workforce of the future would be, it would be people turning up and accepting individuality, ex accepting the diversity and really embracing it truly. So I'm not talking about having X number of women in, the, in mining and X number of indigenous, you know, it's, it's not about the numbers. 
it's just about treating people as people and understanding that through life, especially these days, there are so many stresses that we just have to accept that people are just going to fall at some point and you've just got to be there to help them to pick them up. So that's my ideal situation where you want to go to work and it's great and it's fun and you feel like you contribute and you, are, you matter and your opinions count. You want all of that. Getting there? <laughs> um, like I was saying before, I think it's a whole systems approach. It's getting cultures um, correct. So getting people really, like when I say culture, I mean it's the way we do things around here in an organisation. So they truly believe in caring about the individual and not just about ticking the box and giving them EAP, tick, are you okay day, tick, um, leadership training, tick. It's not about that. It's about all of these in things interacting where you truly feel like you, you matter in the workplace and you're not just a number. Um, so getting the culture right there, getting leaders to feel comfortable being vulnerable. So I think a lot of leaders think to be a leader in that position, you have to know everything. If you don't know everything, you don't deserve to be a leader. I think we need to shift that mindset because there's so much to understand these days. It's just so complex. It's okay to not understand. And when we do mm -hmm. that, then we won't have that, um, I'm better than you, you're better than me. We don't have that competition piece in the same way anymore. Um, and then there's the individual really understanding that this is how the whole mental health space works and I'm going to right. catch myself before I fall. That's so me it's, trying it's, to explain it in a short period of time. No, 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 that, that was great. <laughs> it, it, because it, it sounds like it's, it's, it's basically a very tribal environment, right? Because you have a lot of male, there's a lot of masculine energy, a lot of alpha males, all this kind of stuff. And basically what you're saying is that we need there to be people you know, leaders, we need there to be leadership. We need people that who are uh, prepared to admit that they're wrong or prepared to drop the ego, to take on new information, to, you know, have the difficult conversations, to, you know, push progress in the right direction here. Is that kind of, is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do ahead. mean that. Um, we can get bigger here. <laughs> I also think yeah, um, when I think it's also understanding that the world of work isn't just about work and we bring the whole of a person into a workplace now. So you can't just expect elite organizations can't expect a worker to just be, oh, I'm just going to get that person to be thinking about work. They have to mm -hmm. think about their home because they are a bigger ecosystem. So organizations are increasingly going to have to deal with what's outside of the workplace, but that influences that individual in the workplace. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So you're basically, you're talking about creating a, um, a, a better work environment, right? Like a, a, a more enjoyable workspace that allows people to look forward to going to work so that they, uh, you know, it's going to improve everything. It's going to improve their productivity. It's going to improve mm. their creativity. It's going to improve mm. their, uh, you know, the communication between everyone involved. And so uh, this is going to lead to, you know, uh, the uh, high, higher top line revenue for the companies, but it's also going to lead to a much more uh, happy, healthy workforce because they really, they can't, it's like they can't wait to get on the plane out type thing. Yeah, it's that. And it's also allowing and teaching. It's like, it's also helping them navigate when they're not at work. Mm. So it's, that's what I'm talking about when I say it's the whole person. You can't just expect the worker to turn up to work you're going to get the whole of Sandra turning up to work and the whole of Cam turning up to work. So if there's things that's not happening in the work, uh, at home that's 
I don't know, conflicting with the workplace, you're going to have to navigate some of that as well. Um, as an example, um, like males don't get taught how to be more domestic or more parenting at home. So we get a lot of single parenting um, when, oh, let me start again. So at home with the, uh, the wife, I should say wife, they single parent when their partner's away. But when their partner comes home, they're still single parenting. They're not co-parenting, which makes the FIFO male feel like they're a little bit disconnected from family. So I don't think they intend to, but that happens a lot. So we need to be thinking about how the worker comes home and how they're received at home as well, because whatever they feel when they're at home, they're going to bring it back into the workplace. So we have to be... Yeah, sorry to interrupt there. I wanted to make sure to clarify the point to make sure that I understood it. So what you're saying is that when they, when the the individual comes home, they're they're still in this kind of, they're not being integrated back into the family lifestyle correctly is what you're saying. And so yes. it's still like, it's still kind of being run like a single person household because the mum's looking after the kids, that kind of stuff. Yes. And so they come home and they, they, they're still kind of other and outside and that yeah. kind of that segregation yeah. is kind of what exacerbates these problems. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not intentional. And I'm, all, I'm not saying all FIFO families are like this, mm. but it's very common. Because when you think about it, the parent at home has to deal with the partner not being there to help out. So you, that's your survival mode. So that's your natural habitual survival mode. So when your partner comes back, you don't necessarily just go, oh, well, fine, um, he's back now so we can do this together. It's, it's quite difficult to get to that point. So they'll continue on with their routines and they need to do that because when the partner goes away, they need to maintain that routine. So it's really difficult to switch from single parenting to co-parenting. And the same for the FIFO worker. Many of them feel like they're a single man up on site and when they have to come back they have to be a family man it's really difficult to make that switch Ooh. so it's just a complicated puzzle really um, Very. It, it can totally be done and we've seen so many successful FIFO families do it but being aware that this is a situation is really worthwhile yeah it's, it's, it's a fascinating dynamic and it certainly it certainly requires a lot of understanding around it, it, it just seemed from what you're describing, it just seems like there's this, a, that just needs to be a much deeper understanding of what the realities are and how to navigate, um, mm. you know, the different environments. So that's very, very powerful. You were talking earlier about uh, intervention strategies and how you propose to actually start making some of these changes. And uh, some of the, like, and, and the ones that you've shared with me have been, uh, you know, been, kind of blowing my mind because I'm like, that makes so much sense. Can you talk us through a couple of those? I think the one, uh, the one here was the vaccinating uh, strategy that you know, you're apparently approaching. Share us a, a, with us yeah. a little more about that. So a lot of organizations, um, and rightly they should, provide what we call an employee assistance program, the EAP. And that's really useful for when the person um, needs to talk to somebody. I call that more like insurance because you only know about it when things go wrong, right? Just so, you, mm -hmm. like insurance, someone breaks into your house, you only know about your insurance company when someone's broken into your house. 
So I prefer to take a more of a vaccination approach, which is more preventative. So really understand if you're going to enter FIFO, as an example, these are the challenges you're going to face. You're going to possibly experience some level of loneliness and some level of depression. You're going to experience a lot of stress and a whole heap of um, sleep problem issues. So know that this is going to happen and develop some strategies to deal with it, which will help you do. Um, you know that your family is going to suffer um, in many ways. They're going to start developing these new habits without you. So when you come back, how are you going to interact and how are you going to reconnect? Then how do you deal with it when you're away and, and they're home and you can't communicate because there's no telecommunications? How are you going to deal with all of that sort of stuff? Expectations are going to be different. The partner at home is going to expect you to, every time they text, you're going to respond. But that's not going to happen on site because most of the time you can't even use your phone up there. And so the mm. partner at home is thinking, oh, maybe he's cheating on me. You know, you've got to be dealing with all of this stuff. It needs to be front and centre. So really being fully aware of what you're getting yourself into. Um, and that's not just for people who start FIFO. Sometimes people have done this for a long time and not even thought about these things. And as soon mm. as they think about it, they can work together to come up with a better way of living this FIFO life. So that's, that's what I mean by the vaccination. It's really being fully aware of the possible challenges you're going to face and developing strategies to deal with them. Yeah, okay. So, so it's basically about when people are are being inducted into the uh, into the industry and kind of learning about um, uh, and about to start work, for example, you're teaching them mm. about the uh, and bring to, bring to the front of their mind the different like the, the the realities of the lifestyle, the pros, the cons, um, and giving sharing with them habits and strategies uh, for them to implement uh, so that they can um, integrate more successfully yeah. and just. I guess more so know what they're getting into. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah, just well, like when you, when you go to, um, I, I, know, I might want to travel to some remote exotic location. You don't just go, woohoo, thanks, thanks. I'm going in. You would research what, you know, yeah. what security is like, yeah. how you're going to communicate with your family and friends at home. You do all of those things. So we need yes. to be doing the same thing when you're going to FIFO. Yes, for sure. For sure. Do you feel, and so do you feel like it's, people are just not because i know that when people do because i'm i'm i happen to be in a, quite a few different fifo community and groups and i know that you are as well and uh, a lot of people i i see will reach out and ask hey what are the conditions like here and all this kind of stuff here uh but they're they're asking more more so about like they are asking about facilities and things like that but mm -hmm. there's really not a one go-to source that says hey this is this is what this is putting everything into a kind of simple neat little box for you this is what it's going to be like here are some things you need to be prepared for take this with you type thing mm, no i don't think there is but maybe we no, should no. develop something like that maybe like a maybe little checklist or <laughs> there we go that's there not a bad idea. idea thanks cam <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome and so and then the other you also spoke about another intervention strategy and by the way i love the idea of the you know, I was just writing something down here where you talk about vac vaccination and then insurance. And now you have, there's another strategy that you're talking about, which actually hits the middle part of it, which is actually showing up to and working with the, the companies and actually showing up on site and kind of essentially going like revaccinating, right? So it's, well, it's yeah. essentially the same process, a vaccination process for people who are already there. Yeah. And um, we, as we spoke earlier, the, the, the current strategy is, okay, so anyone new going into the industry, 
let's educate them on the reality of this. So as there's the new inflow and particularly now that, you know, there is more money being pumped into the, the industry and there's obviously more, more hiring going on and whatnot. Mm. Uh, we're able to in, educate more, vaccinate more of the workforce as they go in there. Uh, and then, and that's, at the very base, that's, that is a longer term strategy, but that's solving the problem at the very core, which is great. But then mm. it's also about approaching it from kind of the people who are already there to help those who are already in the workforce. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about um, some of the things that you have, uh, some of the strategies that you've implemented on site. And also yep. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the association with uh, physical health, sleep, uh, and these different things on site and uh, what needs to be done in those areas to help improve uh, mental health. Yep. Okay. So we're really talking about, if you're not using the vaccination analogy, you're talking about boosters. So going into site and giving some training on, um, I don't know, it's, it's not necessarily anxiety and depression. I think a lot of people get training on that. So a lot of organizations are implementing mental health first aid courses which is always about recognizing the signs of anxiety and depression. I think it talks about schizophrenia as well. Mm -hmm. um, what we prefer to do is go up on site and talk about stress management, talk about sleep issues and talk about um, loneliness and, and isolation because those things eventually, if you don't deal with them, lead to the anxiety and the depression and the substance abuse. So they are, they are the six things that's been proven to be issues related to FIFO workers. So let's just go through it again. If you, if you have too much stress and you're not dealing with it, you're quite likely going to experience depression, uh, anxiety, so stress and anxiety. If you're lonely and isolated and you're not dealing with it, it's more likely going to eventuate to depression. You're going to start feeling depressed. If you're having sleep problems and you're not managing your sleep hygiene or your sleep routine, you're going to start taking alcohol or drugs to help you sleep. So eventually, if you're not dealing food, <laughs> yes, that's true. That's very true. So if you're not dealing with things that seem a little bit less severe at that point, they're going to be stuff that you're going to have to deal with later on, which is more severe. And during that time, you're going to need some psychological assistance from whether it's a counselor, EAP provider, or a psychologist to deal with. So we, when we do, when we do the training on site, we're saying don't you don't necessarily need to be talking about anxiety and depression. Do it if you want to, but you really need to be recognizing those early warning signs and or dealing with those things that happen way before you experience anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. Does that, does that help? Yeah. Yes, it does. It does. So basically, you're talking about vaccinating, uh, vaccinating people first, but then also training, keep like training them, like keeping them combat ready, kind of thing, yeah. throughout the, the lifespan, throughout the process so that it makes it much, much, uh, much less likely that these, um, the, I guess, the negative conditions uh, kind of set in, right? It yeah. doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't mean that they're not going to, it just means that we're kind we're keeping ourselves, you know, battle ready, more prepared, mm -hmm. uh, so that it's less likely to happen, and we're more likely to be able to bounce back from it when it does. Uh, and also, uh, and, and then also we've got the insurance policy in place, so to speak, like you've got that support there. If you do happen to, you know, something does happen and, you know, everyone, shit happens, right? Like life happens totally. and, and, and it comes around. So, you know, even if you do all this preparation, there are certain, there certainly can and are circumstances where you need that insurance, you need that support structure, but it's like having a three pronged uh, approach here 
uh, to really solve the, the entire issue and, and really mm. hit it from all angles. Mm. We, we also try to do more of the relationship type training as well. So mm. we talk about the three pillars and the four killers of relationships because we know relationship is a big problem in FIFO um, communities um, because of the isolation piece. So I think the organisation's realising is not just about the mental health of the individual, but also the interaction with home is a really big piece. So we talk about um, the, three, the three pillars of good relationships, as an example, is having friendship, having constructive conflict, and also having shared meaning. So teaching FIFA workers and families to focus on those things. Otherwise, you're going to have those other things, the bad stuff happen. So mm. that sort of training is also mental health. It's not, mental health is not just about you know, things that sound clinical and disorder-like. It's always, it's about the things that help you cope with the day-to-day. And relationships is day-to-day. So we try to train people on that as well. So it's essentially communication skills, how to communicate with... Yeah, it's communication. It's about goal-setting together. Um, It's about um, really getting to know the person and what makes them tick. It's about understanding your partner's dreams and being able to contribute to them achieving that dream. Um, that's where the sense of belonging and the purpose comes in, you know, being able to do this together. It's, it's that. 100%. And what has been the response to your, the, your vaccination uh, uh, process as well as the booster shot you know, process that you were kind of talking it's, about? What's been the response? It's been positive because it doesn't sound doom and gloom. Um, we don't, <laughs> because it, you, when you're much rather hear about, oh, okay, everyone gets stressed. Did you know that when you're stressed, you get slippery and your sweat's a bit oily? So if you check your pillowcases and it's yellow, it just means you've been actually experiencing a lot of stress. Everyone gets excited about that. But if I say things like, oh, anxiety, this is what happens, your brain chemicals, blah, 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 and you're just like, oh, my God. It's, you know, we, we're trying to make it less scary to talk mm. about mental health, which is also mm. the positive part. So giving them little bits of information that just seems like every day is really well received. That's, that's great. I love it. And uh, I wanted to ask a question with regards to research being done in this space. So is there any mm-hmm. research that you know about that's being conducted uh, in this field, any from yourself or any that you know about that you're particularly interested in or that you'd like to share with us? There has not <laughs> – there's always been – um, research on FIFO and what I liked about the latest report that came out from UWA or Curtin is it consolidates all the research and comes up with the 18 recommendations um, and it's, it's kind of obvious for me it's really obvious those recommendations um, there, I always hear about different universities around Australia conducting FIFO um, research I, I haven't seen anything that's brand spanking new but there's nothing wrong with reiterating and testing, checking to see what we've known from the past is still the, the issue right now. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, mm. no, so in terms of anything new, not really. But yeah. if anything, I would like someone to focus on the social elements and using the social environment as a, as a, an, a better um, treatment, so to speak, for FIFO mental illnesses in the workplace. So as right. I was saying before... What does that look like? Well, it's basically saying, like I said earlier on, people think that mental illness is the individual's problem. It's not because it's about the social environment in which they live in and operate in. 
And if we look at what happens when you have increased social connections at work or increased social networks at home, what happens then? Because then if you have a sense of belonging and you have a sense of, um, I don't know, your opinion seems to count, you're going to have more positive mental well-being. So no one's really doing research in that space. We're always doing the research to say, oh, if someone has a mental health issue, they have to go on medication. They have to go and see a psychologist. They have to do this and they have to do that. We need to shift that conversation to say, if someone has a mental health issue, what do we do to help them integrate? What can we do to make them feel like they're, um, they're, they matter? Yeah. What do we, we, we need to change the they to the we. And I would Gotta love to see more research on that. 100%. And just to play devil's advocate and maybe get a little bit more, uh, I guess, information from this, I'm a big believer in everything coming down to the individual, right? Like everyone needs to take full responsibility for everything that happens to them and, and because of them. Because I'm, I'm a big, like, as soon as you pass on and say, hey, it's someone else's issue to deal with, you lose control over that situation. Yep. Uh, so, so is it a combination of, and please educate me here, is it, it's a combination between uh, both obviously an individual responsibility, uh, yeah. but also it's a, like we can, the individual can only do so much for themselves before it gets to a point where it, you, you get diminishing returns and it's just not the right option or space to be in, for example. And then okay. this would impact, and then this would impact the, uh, the the community as a whole, uh, and it, you know we are you know, stronger. We are the greater than the sum of our parts, so to speak. Right. So yeah. it is in the interest of just a kind of big picture. It is in the interest of companies uh, and uh, leaders of larger groups and communities to implement these strategies and this education and this awareness. Uh, because yes, it is an individual responsibility. However, you know, you're able to uh, contribute more and get more out of the individual, both on a personal level, but then also as a, a group level, um, to be moving in the right direction. And that helps, like again, with companies, that helps with their bottom line, that helps with revenue, all this kind of stuff. But it also helps with a great workforce, a great environment to come to, and it also it helps out the individual uh, on an individual basis because they're, you know, they're in an environment where they're able to grow and flourish and be the best version of themselves. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a collective intervention. It's not just right. the person has to deal with it. it right. Maybe we, when we think about you getting physically injured, when you mm. do your rehabilitation, you're going to get back into your environment, right? So you mm. go out and you, you, wherever you normally go, you go back to that environment. So you're already saying, we're going to, when I'm, when I'm injured and I have to get better, I go back into my environment and the, the environment's going to be supportive of me. When we do mental issue, mental health issues, we get the person to not go to the environment at all. So they have to deal with it themselves in their little space and we're not integrating them back into the space that's going to make them better later on. It. So it's a bit Got like it. that. Mm. And that. And that was the kind of going on the analogy that we were speaking about earlier. And actually, I think I got this from Andrew from, uh, from Mates and Mining, but they talk about the having a, you know, physical injury. If you have a physical injury, you like, if you don't get that fixed, you know, it's just very obvious. If you break your leg, you, you need to go get that sorted. You need to go to the hospital. You need to go to the doctor, whatever, and have that strapped up, bandaged up. 
and then you get crutches or whatever and you kind of and you integrate slowly back into your, your lifestyle and all this kind of stuff if you weren't to get that fixed, if you had an injury and didn't get that fixed that would be weird and your friends would see that and they would be like dude go get that you know go get that fixed go get that look looked after right yeah um whereas when it comes to mental health challenges uh the, the, one of the biggest issues is that number one, we don't understand it ourselves and we don't really relate it or compare it to a physical injury, so to speak, right? Let's mm. say you're going through a horrible divorce or you know, some significant emotional event that kind of, that, that happens. Mm. Uh, plus we don't have the, uh, it's not visible. It's a kind of, it's more of an invisible problem. Um, mm. And we don't have that same environment to kind of, uh, to, we don't have that same, uh, accountability, I guess would say, and support network to go, Hey, you need to get help and let's do that. Mm. And, uh, it's not as, and there's not as, uh, an as obvious reintegration strategy for that. Yep. That's exactly right. So yeah, I, I, I can't add more to that. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much yeah. the situation. We can't, we can't see mental illnesses. Um, the person can't see it. So we have to educate people to fully understand it. Hundred percent. Are you optimistic for uh, for the community? Are you optimistic uh, when it comes to changing the culture of FIFO and uh, creating a psychologically healthy workforce? Yeah, I totally am. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I just think we just need to try and be courageous to try new things. Um, mm -hmm. Stop doing this the way we've always tried to deal with it in the past. Let's just try it out and see how it goes. I don't want people to keep thinking that mental health is a taboo topic. It should not be a taboo topic. It's 50% no, no. of the population practically. So let's just yeah. sort it out. Um, we also need to understand that it happens really young as well. So we know that mental health concerns happen. 50% of that happens before the age of 14 and 75% happens before the age of 24. So if you've got kids really thinking, learn about mental health. In, in youth because that's really, really where it's going to happen as well. So I think there's so much conversation about mental health and wellness now. It's, it's a positive thing. The, the negative of it is there's so much information you don't know what's right or wrong anymore. So that's, mm. that's always a bit of a risk. Um, Dr. Google can be really great, but it also can be um, detrimental as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Google. Dr. Dr. Google is a, is a chal challenging one. Dr. Yeah. Google is. So speak to someone that knows. So we say just use your EAP provider because that's free. Um, I, I always uh, liken it to Bunnings for the Brain. When you speak to an EAP provider or a counsellor, they're just going to give you tools that you may not have thought about. So in the same way, you'll go to Bunnings and go, mate, you know, instead of a spanner, what else can I use? I say that because I don't know any other tools. But, you know, it just it's the same sort of thing. Bunnings for the brain. So go and use the, the provider. That's super relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I, <love> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's why when when uh, when Andrew was sharing with with me the analogy of, of breaking a leg and I think you shared something similar as well I'm like that makes so much sense to me like that 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 really makes so much more sense because we can we can really kind of see how that is that's something that's very obvious to us and like oh yeah simple yeah. the simple male brain I would say <laughs> um, the the, the the final question that I have for you is something that I like to ask everyone. It's how I kind of consolidate your expertise and your knowledge uh, to the best of my ability. But what, uh, what are the two most interesting things that you have learned in the past 12 months? About FIFO and mental health? Or yeah. About, mm, 
the two most interesting things. I, uh, the things that fascinate me most, um, mm. I have a, an increased interest in uh, FIFO relationships. Um, I think that's, a, that's an area that I really want to delve more into using the psychological theories as well. So, that I, so it's not interesting. It's just increased interest for me. Um, the other interesting thing would be, I don't know. I'm interested in okay, so now, many different things. <laughs> outside, of, outside of FIFO, if we're not just limiting you to FIFO, outside of that, maybe in your personal life or maybe just in your professional career okay. outside of FIFO. I'd, I'd say, again, it's, it's still mental health, but it's to do with um, youth mental health, um, particularly about how sort of not parenting kids now makes them into beings that are, are less likely to be able to deal with the struggles of the future. Um, I'm completely fascinated by the increased number of self-harming situations in youth. What, what, mm. what are parents doing wrong? Um, I'm interested in wondering whether, I don't know, if, if I, don't, I don't know. There's, I'm interested in the diversity piece as well, where when, when organisations deal with diversity, they talk about getting women into the workforce. I would like to see more diversity focused on making it okay for men to work part-time so they can be a dad at home. Because mm. what we're eventually creating when we're talking about women in the workforce is women end up with a full-time home job and a full-time work job. Um, but the men aren't given the opportunity to do the other piece, which is being the dad, um, spending time at home and making that okay. So I think the whole diversity piece is a little bit skewed as well. Um, I think we need to work on a lot of that. I, I, I agree. I think that the issue, I think what you're describing there is the issue between equal opportunity of outcome and equal opportunity. And yeah. I think that is a really, really I don't even think it's too much of a complex topic when you really delve into it. It's, it, it's, it's more straightforward, but that's exactly what you're, you're talking about. Equal op, like having equal opportunity, yeah. um, not just equal opportunity of outcome for, uh, for the individuals. And I yeah. commend you for that because I think that that message needs to be explored and, and shared more for sure. Thanks, Cam. Sandra, thank you. thank you so much for your time uh, and sharing your expertise and knowledge with us. I have learned so much from this conversation and our previous conversations as well. And I know that our listeners definitely have gotten a lot out of this too. So for those people who, you know, for those people who are interested in learning more about you, where can they go to, you know, where can they find you online? I'm everywhere. So I look for FIFO Focus on Instagram and Facebook and find us on Messenger. Um, we're on our website, fifofocus.com.au. The only place I'm not really in is Snapchat. I only use them for filters. Get on. You want to figure out how the youth are thinking, you get on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this, you can just, just find us everywhere. You just type in FIFO Focus on Dr. Google, it will come up. <laughs> Thank you again so much for your time. Uh, th and thank you everyone for jumping on and watching this live. And for those of you who are, are jumping on and watching this after the fact, I uh, appreciate you guys taking time out of your day. But apart from that, thank you so much, Sandra. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks. You're doing great. <laughs>